Hi, I'm Leslie Ludy, host of the Sutter Park Podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. This week, we're continuing with the Personal Life Lessons series, and I want to talk to you today about my journey to discover true soul-level rest. People ask me all the time how I'm able to manage the life that I have, six children and homeschooling and full-time ministry, and this understanding of true rest has been absolutely critical for me in my journey to embrace the calling that God has given me and just handle the different demands that are on my life. Before we dive in, I wanted to mention that if you are ready to make plans for 2023, we'd love to have you join us for our Set Apart Conference. It's an amazing weekend for women of all ages. You can join us in Colorado in June, or you can join us anywhere you are via simulcast. This is just an incredible weekend of women from all over the world rallying together to seek after Jesus. And it's such a special time, not your typical women's conference. So if you're interested in joining us, you can get an early bird discount now if you register. So go to setapartgirl.com and click on upcoming events, or just click the link in this podcast description. I also wanted to mention that if you are looking for a season to become grounded in truth and rock solid in your faith and closer to Christ than you've ever been, consider joining us this next year for a season at Ellerslie. A week-long or a five-week program is a great way to do that. Go to ellerslie.com and click on Overview of Programs or just click the links in this podcast description. So let me share with you my journey to discover true rest. I've shared in previous episodes the taxing demands of full-time ministry and how Eric and I didn't really have the spiritual tools that we needed to be victorious with the stress and the strain of ministry. So those early years were very rough. And one of the ways that I coped with my exhaustion in that time is just beginning to kind of go brain dead. Whenever I was really exhausted from pouring out in ministry, I would get in front of some TV series that I liked or some series of movies and just binge watch for hours. And even though I was somewhat guarded about the kinds of movies and shows I was watching, one thing was definitely true. Binge watching had become like an addiction in my life. And every time I was drained or run down, that was the first thing that I turned to. And Eric was kind of falling into that same pattern. We had had a lot of ministry leaders tell us that that was a perfectly acceptable way to spend our free time. And so we just felt like, you know, the only way we're going to make it as if we just completely go brain dead for multiple hours every week. So we started to get in the habit of doing that anytime we really had free time or at the end of a long weekend of ministry. And I remember one time we were able to use someone's cabin up in the woods and we were so tired and basically, you know, we spent three or four days doing nothing but binge watching movies. And when it was over, when that vacation time was over, I really had expected to feel refreshed and revived. I had been able to sleep as long as I wanted. I had been able to do whatever I wanted. I had been able to completely shut my brain and my mind and my emotions off from all the stress in my life. I'd had a lot of me time, but oddly, I did not feel rested or revived after those few days. Even though I just spent several days, quote, resting, I felt just as run down as ever. Really within a few hours of returning home, I started to feel overwhelmed and stressed out again. Nothing had really changed. I had escaped the pressures of ministry for a few days, but they really hadn't gone away. 
several years later, Eric and I began to awaken to the fact that not all rest is truly restful. Because instead of looking to the true source of rest, refreshment, and peace, which would be Jesus Christ, we had been settling for a counterfeit. Binge watching movies didn't actually bring real comfort or refueling into our lives. It just basically provided a temporary escape from the cares and the weights that we carried around. We took a break from everyday life when we did those things, but we weren't really experiencing true rest. We were trying to rest from the wrong things and for the wrong reasons. And after we began to notice this pattern that even though we were relaxing, quote unquote, we didn't feel rested, we began to go to the word of God and pray about this area of our lives. And God began to teach us what true rest, what life-giving, peaceful, lasting, joy-filled rest really was according to his pattern. And as we really unpacked his word and his pattern in this area, we discovered something truly life-changing. We didn't actually need a mind escape from reality to experience lasting refreshment. We needed an encounter with the only one who could lead us beside those still waters and restore our soul. Psalm 23 says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. It's very clear there where our source of restoration comes from. It's not from an activity or a pastime. It's from our God. And the psalmist isn't referring to binge watching shows or playing video games or or even taking a beautiful vacation on a beach somewhere. The 23rd Psalm is referring to an entirely different pattern for rest which is heaven-born, God-centered, soul-restoring rest. We need, as Christians today, to learn how to rest the right way. Now, rest itself is not the problem. It's the way that we approach it that can often be a problem. Rest is actually an idea that God himself came up with. If you look at his work in creating the earth, he rested from that work on the seventh day. He takes rest so seriously that he made a day of rest each week as part of the Ten Commandments. He created our bodies to need rest every night. And even Jesus, when he was here on this earth, took time to rest. So adding those purposeful periods of rest into our daily, weekly, and yearly schedule is such an important way to honor God. God's pattern for our work and for our lives, but resting God's way is of critical importance. If we don't rest God's way, we're settling for a counterfeit version of rest that doesn't actually lead to peace or refreshment. And this is something that I had to learn the hard way in those early years of ministry. We could definitely devote a series of episodes just to the subject of biblical rest, but in this episode, I just want to share with you several ways that I've learned to cultivate true soul-level rest in my life. And whenever I feel overwhelmed or stressed out or exhausted, these are the principles God always brings me back to. I hope they'll be an encouragement to you, especially when you need that break from the stress and the cares of daily life. Knowing where to turn to find that soul-level rest can make all the difference. The first principle that I've learned is to rest from cares and worry. When our hearts are not at rest, really physical rest doesn't give us much benefit. We can do things that are recreational or relaxing or even sleep, but we don't really feel refreshed at the soul level when we have an anxious heart, when we're carrying burdens that we shouldn't be carrying. That's why God's word makes it so clear that we are not supposed to carry our own burdens. We are supposed to let him carry those burdens for us. It says in 1 
Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Not some of our care, but all of our care. And the word casting in this verse means to throw away, to throw off, to give up to God. I always like to picture climbing up a mountain with a backpack filled with heavy rocks. We are so hindered and you just can't take that next step and you're just sweating and panting and you can barely make it because you're carrying around something you shouldn't be carrying. Once you unzip that backpack and throw those rocks away from you, your speed doubles or triples and suddenly you can make it because you're not carrying something that you were never meant to carry. And that's the way it is with the burdens that we carry emotionally and spiritually and mentally. Even if we in our finite minds can't imagine how God is going to handle our burdens and bring solutions to our problems, we can rest securely in the fact that he is able and willing to do so. It's only when we choose to trust him with our burdens that we begin to witness his amazing faithfulness in our day-to-day circumstances. If you are facing problems, even seemingly impossible problems, the only way to find true rest is to cast them completely upon God, trusting that he cares for you and he will be faithful to make a way where there seems to be no way. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Our burdens are heavy and unbearable, but Christ's yoke is easy and his burden is light. So how do we achieve a state of true soul restfulness? The only way is to cast our burdens upon Jesus and no longer try to carry what only he can carry. And this is the foremost principle when it comes to soul level rest. So if you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, take a moment to ask yourself if you have really given those burdens over to God or if you are trying to carry them. As long as you are carrying that backpack filled with rocks up the mountain, you won't be able to make it very far. The second principle that I've learned is how to rest for the right reasons. We all need those periodic times of rest and refueling, but it's really easy to turn that need for a break or a time of of pausing and refreshing into an outlet for selfishness. When we just try to escape from the responsibilities that God has placed in our lives and just enjoy ourselves, just escape, just unplug, unplug spiritually or unplug from our loved ones just so we can focus on ourselves. That's when we know our motives are skewed. It doesn't mean that we should never take time to be alone, but when we're just trying to distract ourselves or escape from responsibilities, we'll usually end up turning to selfish indulgences rather than activities that will truly restore our soul. Whenever you take a break for rest and relaxation, I would encourage you to be aware of that voice of self-pity that so often whispers things like, poor you, your life is so hard, you deserve to get away from all these needy people in your life for a while and just take time for you. Really, our motive for rest and recreation needs to flow from one thing, the desire to become stronger and better equipped to fulfill the calling that God has given us. Ezekiel 10, 17 says this, Blessed are you, O land, when your princes feast at the proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. Clearly, there are God-appointed times for feasting, celebration, and recreation. But as this verse reminds us, healthy recreation is meant to strengthen and refuel us for our calling, not merely to entertain us or distract us from reality. Me time is a concept or maybe extreme self-care, which I'm not against self-care, but it's really overemphasized in our culture today. I've personally found that the best rest doesn't actually come from me time, 
but God time. And I've said that on other episodes, but it's worth repeating because prayer, journaling, worship, reading inspiring Christian biographies, or just getting outside and thanking God for his amazing creation, those things refresh my soul far more than binge watching anything ever could, or just mindlessly browsing the internet, or those things that we often turn to for a mind escape. Those things are not always necessarily wrong, but they can quickly get out of place and become a replacement for the eternally focused activities that our lives should be built around. If you are feeling stressed and overwhelmed, remember that running to Jesus Christ and not away from him is where true rest is going to be found. His word says in Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And that verse is an encouragement to me. Whenever my emotions seem to be taking a downward spiral and my life feels out of control, I've learned not to turn to mind escapes or cultural distractions like Eric and I did on that binge watching weekend all those years ago, but to run to the God of all comfort, as it says in 2 Corinthians 1, 3. When we do that, we will not be disappointed and we will find true soul level comfort. And the third principle is to learn how to rest the right way. Amy Carmichael wrote a very convicting little book called God's Missionary, talking about the set-apartness that should pervade even our free time. And this is what she said. We often ask the question, what is the harm of it, about reading certain books, following certain pursuits, taking our recreation in certain ways? Perhaps we've been hard at work and need a change of thought and rest of brain. What is the harm of the latest novel, even if it happens to be rather unprofitable? And so we who have not the time to read one out of a thousand of the real books that have been written spend a precious hour by deliberate choice on something not worthwhile. Now, those are very convicting words because I've fallen into that trap so many times, believing that if I engage in something frivolous and temporal, something that has no eternal value, that's going to give me the the best form of leisure and relaxation. But when we look at the pattern that Jesus set when he was here on this earth, we see that he used even his rest times to focus on eternal things. We can see one example of this in Mark 1.35. It says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. So I have found that prayer and time in the presence of God provides this incredible quietness to my soul. Now, that doesn't mean that every moment of my free time has to be spent on prayer and Bible study, but there are two key truths that I try to remember when I'm evaluating how I should spend my my free time. The first one is that prayer and time in God's word shouldn't just be an afterthought, but a central part of every single day. Whenever I allow intimacy with Christ to fall to the back burner, it's only a matter of time before stress and frazzle and exhaustion takes over. And that is one of the main reasons why I really didn't feel any lasting refreshment after spending those several days binge watching all day every day, because I hadn't spent much of any time in the presence of God. As Amy Carmichael said, I had spent a precious weekend of my life by deliberate choice on things that were not worthwhile. The second truth that I try to keep in mind is that whenever I engage in non-spiritual things that are relaxing, like social events, entertainment, sports, or things like that, I should never have to unplug from my relationship with Christ in order to engage in those things. So if any rest or relaxation or recreational activity is contrary to who Christ is, if I feel like I have to sort of put my relationship with him on hold in order to participate in that activity, it's going to hinder my relationship with him. And it's going to only bring agitation and not rest to my soul. 
So for example, laughter can be a wonderful, beneficial, restorative gift to our lives. It says in the Proverbs that laughter does good like a medicine. But laughter that is stimulated by crass or crude or perverse movies, jokes, or entertainment is only going to harm our soul and lead us away from Christ. I have found that it has been so helpful to make a list of free time activities that are truly edifying in Christ honoring. It might be reading an inspiring Christian book, taking a walk or a hike and enjoying God's creation, listening to beautiful worship music, using my creative gifts to bless or encourage someone else, or building meaningful memories with the important people in my life. These are just a few of the many ways that I've learned how to enjoy rest and recreation without having to unplug from Christ. I've talked before about Lilius Trotter, who was a missionary to Algeria in the early 1900s. She went to a part of the world that most missionaries could never survive. The climate was harsh. The culture was harsh. There was so much persecution. There was so much spiritual opposition. She often took periods of reprieve from the intensity of her ministry life, and she would retreat in England or in Switzerland for having times of solitude. But she always used those seasons of rest in eternally focused ways. She would take long prayer walks. She would study the marvels of God creation. She painted the beauty that she saw all around her. She wrote in her journal. She wrote powerful devotionals in that time. And that's probably why she thrived for over 40 years in one of the most difficult climates and most intense spiritual battlefield in the world because she knew how to rest the right way. She wasn't just pushing herself to go, 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 go. She took time to rest. But when she took time to rest, she stayed connected to the vine, to Jesus Christ. Once we experience the soul restoration that comes from God's pattern for true rest, we'll find that we don't want to settle for a counterfeit. I would encourage you to remember that you don't need to wait until you take a vacation to discover God's pattern for rest. You can discover it right now by fixing your gaze on him and letting him quiet your soul starting this very moment. It doesn't matter if you are in a crowded room or a remote part of the mountains by yourself. He would like to take your hand and lead you beside still waters. He is the author of rest. He is our source of true restoration. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into these principles, I encourage you to visit us at setapartgirl.com and see the many resources that we have for you there on living a Christ-centered life. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-focused week.